Hello and welcome to the Conflict Skills Podcast. I'm your host, professional mediator, Simon Good. In today's episode of the podcast, I'll be talking about dealing with toxic people and particularly focused on interacting with these people at work. But if you're dealing with people who are a bit toxic in other areas, a personal relationship, a family member, etc., an in-law, then of course you can take similar approaches to apply to those different situations as well. But in terms of the examples, etc., that I'll give, I'll be focusing mainly at work. It's a really challenging area dealing with toxic people and it's a pretty common question that comes up when I'm delivering conflict resolution training. How can I deal with toxic people? Um, Sometimes they say I spend all day talking to brick walls or I've got these people who everything seems to be just a drama and I suppose these are the kind of people that I'd put into the toxic category. And there's a stickiness to it. These are the kind of interactions that cause us a lot of stress. We go away and lose sleep thinking about how unreasonable this person is and you know what a jerk they're being or worrying about an interaction that we're going to have with them down the track. So I'll be focusing on the practical ways to deal with these people, but of course the underlying element there is self-awareness and self-care. If you're not conscious of how the impact of these people is building up in you, what it means is that either you'll pay the price for that, you'll bear the brunt. It might be being more likely to pick up illnesses, for example, your health could suffer, or it might be turning to unhelpful coping strategies like alcohol, social media, gambling, etc. Um, Or maybe it'll spill out and somebody else in your life will pay the price. You'll snap at your kids, you'll be a very irritable partner, quick to react and in some situations you want to be there to support your kids like for me I know it's just a really important part of my life is to be a good role model and to be there to support my son but when I'm dealing with toxic people I know that my fuse can be a lot shorter and so when I'm engaging in this type of communication I really need to pay attention to how it's impacting me and looking after myself as I go through it all. So in my experience, there are two things that tend to be particularly helpful at dealing with toxic people, empathy and boundaries. And so as we start to develop a plan to deal with toxic behaviours, they're often the two key elements, empathy, which means how can I give someone the sense of feeling understood and acknowledged, even if I disagree, that last bit there is really important. It doesn't actually matter if they're right or that you can understand why they're acting the way that they are, whether or not they're being reasonable from your perspective. It doesn't influence the fact that you can still show empathy. You can demonstrate empathy. You can give them that experience of feeling heard and acknowledged. And in itself, that can be an incredibly helpful way of just calming down the situation, helping to de-escalate the toxic person, even helping them to make sense of the situation and potentially realizing how they may have contributed to it. The other important area is boundaries. These are the kind of people that will walk over the top of you if you give them the chance. You need to be really careful taking an overly accommodating approach. In the conflict resolution training, I talk about five different ways of responding. Accommodating, giving in, basically letting the other person have their way. Compromise, meet in the middle. Compete is where you might stand up for yourself, be firm, hold on to your boundaries, etc. 
You might also avoid and collaborate in some situations. If you're a natural conflict avoider, the temptation is that you just give in to these toxic kind of people. They act a bit hysterical, they have a tantrum, and what do you know, you just put it in the too hard basket and just, yeah, okay, fine, I'll just fix it myself. The challenge there is that it can develop this expectation that you'll be the one that fixes their problems for them. They'll see you as a rescuer that they can go to. And it might, in some situations, almost create a bit of a precedent that then it can be tricky to unwind. So setting your boundaries early on and holding on to them as they start to be breached <laughs> um, often is a really important second part of dealing with these toxic people. So let's expand a bit more about what I mean by those two different areas, starting with empathy. So sometimes these toxic people are almost like ripples that are coming out from a stone that was thrown into a pond, you know, sometimes quite a far distance away. It often helps to understand that the way that these people are behaving is because of something that's happened to them. And in some situations, we might be looking at even very long-term ripples <laughs> from a very early drop in the pond. So it might be the way that they were parented. Their parents themselves might have been really dysregulated and erratic and volatile, which has meant that these people that we're dealing with didn't have any role models to teach them how to deal with stress, how to overcome adversity, how to sit when things are uncomfortable, uh, how to set goals, how to take responsibility. Their early career experiences might have reinforced this, their experiences even going through school. And so this behaviour that you're... Uh, experiencing, sometimes copying unfairly, isn't necessarily to do with something that you're doing. It's the way that these people have been conditioned throughout their life. It might mean that they're hypervigilant to a sense of threat. It might mean that their ego is just on, you know, redlining constantly needing to big note themselves. And underneath it is a desire for affirmation and acknowledgement and validation. But of course, that's not something that's obvious to them. And it might not even be obvious to you either. But that's what's going on in a lot of these types of situations where people are grappling for power, acknowledgement or reward. It's because there's something that they're lacking. And I'm not necessarily saying that it's your job to fix it. But in some situations, it can be helpful to give these people a chance to vent to just blow off steam, to have a whinge, to complain. Um, if there's no real issue, no one else is involved, sometimes you can just let them express what's going on for them and acknowledge even if you disagree. So if someone's complaining all the time, it's tempting just to say, yeah, 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 you've told me all this before, you know, I'm sick of you whinging. But maybe it's helpful to say, look, you're right, you know, there has been a lot of change over the past 12 months. You've lost a number of key people, your colleagues who you were close to, and it sounds like as a result, you've ended up picking up a lot more work than you had previously. And you've got concerns for yourself, but also you're watching how this is impacting on the other members of the team. Uh, have I sort of heard you correctly? Is that where you're coming from? And they might correct you or add some more information, but this is often that point where they start to feel less like they have to keep repeating themselves because they're starting to feel understood. It might mean that you open the door for them to, to start to develop awareness and insight as to how they've contributed to a situation or even the fact that there's nothing that they can do about it. Maybe you would ask a question like, is there anything I can do for you to give you a bit of support, given that that's the situation that you're in at the moment? And maybe that asking that question helps them to realize that actually there's nothing you can do to fix it. 
at some point they might need to find a way to turn the page and move forward rather than reliving all of these frustrations and resentments that they're sitting with. Or maybe not, maybe this won't help anything except to calm them down in the moment and stop them from escalating. Because unfortunately, when you try to shut down these types of people, like, yes, you've heard it before, stop complaining. Can we speak more positively in this workplace? We lean into the thing that we're wanting, which is, you know, to be more future focused, solution focused, whatever it is. It might unfortunately accidentally add oxygen to the fire of the negative side, which means that they start to complain even more or they go underground and start to whinge and complain and enlist allies in the lunchroom during break, you know, whatever it might be simply because they've experienced from you this very adversarial approach, it's me against you. Whereas if you can give them that sense of, yep, we're in this together, I get where you're coming from, it might mean that they don't feel as motivated to go and complain and up the ante, so to speak, behind the scenes. The second part that's really important for dealing with toxic people is boundaries. And I suppose there's different elements that we would, or different layers or stages that we would use to do this. The initial stage is often outlining expectations. It might be to clarify what's expected, to raise a discrepancy. You know, it sounds like this is how you expect things to be. I just want to be clear that this is what I'm expecting. It sounds like the previous manager let you make these kind of decisions yourself. I just want to be transparent that in these kind of situations, I expect you to come to me before you call the client or make this decision or or take this course of action. Um, It sounds like previously being a few minutes late for a meeting wasn't such a big deal. Uh, What I've noticed is that there are a few people sitting in the meeting room waiting for a few people who are late and it puts us in a tough spot because we don't know if we should wait or just get started. Can you make sure you're on time or give me a message when you're running late or whatever the expectation is that you have to really clarify it in detail. Whereas with neurotypical type of people, others who aren't as toxic, maybe you can sort of just have common sense of what's respectful communication or workplace behavior. But with these toxic people, clarifying these expectations early on is really important. Because of course, when you go up to them later and say, look, why are you always late? You never told me that it was such a big deal. Everyone else is late, whatever it is. All of a sudden it's this defensiveness and resistance. Whereas if you can say, look, I've explained that Um, punctuality is really important. You've been late for the last two meetings, just want to touch base about what's going on. You've got that foundation, that platform to use to be assertive and deal with it in that pragmatic way and avoid some of that defensiveness and resistance that might otherwise come up. So outlining expectations is really important. When they cross them, you need to confront them. You can do this in a positive way, but it's important to not let them walk over the top of you. Look, this is what I've um, asked you to do and this is what you've done and like observing the gap, so to speak. This is the difference and this is what the consequence is. And then reminding them about what's expected. At the beginning, and I suppose it depends on the context, you might do it a bit informally or uh, just a bit of an aside. It's not something that's a huge focus. But if they continue to do something that's not what they should be doing, then pulling them up on it and explaining it. It will be more effective if you can do this soon after the event or even during the event if possible, but choose the setting and the process for this strategically. Don't do it in front of other people. You might be better to do it in the morning if they're the kind of person that gets really stressed and frazzled by the end of the day. Thinking about what would work best, but don't let it sit there. Don't procrastinate on this. It will be more effective to confront them soon after the event. Whereas if you call them in for a meeting and say, you know, I want to talk to you about being late three weeks ago, 
it will have far less relevance and you'll be far less likely to achieve any kind of change in behavior. So set the expectations early, confront them when they cross them. The third step is focus on the behavior. Really be careful to avoid labels or judgments. You don't want to give perceived criticism or admonishments. You really need to talk about this is what you've done. You know, there were this many mistakes in the data entry last week. You were this many minutes late for the meeting. I asked you to send this report to this client and I see that it hasn't been done. Really focusing on the behavior stops some of that dramatic intensity that these toxic people can introduce. They don't get a chance to say, why are you singling me out? Or the rest of the team's a joke, or you've obviously got no skills yourself, or I was never given any support. It's just, this is what was expected. This is what you've done. This is an issue for this reason. At some point, you might need to give an ultimatum. This is almost like the final straw. Look, I just want to be clear that if this happens, this is what the consequence would be. The most effective way to do this is as a choice. So you would say something like, look, this is the problem behavior and this is the consequence. Um, I've talked to you about making sure that you're filling in your paperwork correctly. I see that it wasn't done in yesterday's shift. If this happens again, I'll need to consider a formal performance management process. If this happens again, I just want to be clear with you that I'll need to raise that with my manager. If this happens again, I just want to be transparent with you that this would actually be grounds for potential dismissal. To you, it may seem like not such a big deal, but on our end, it's quite significant because it informs the decisions that we need to make next week about staffing or just at a high level talking about whatever the particular reason is. So this is the problem. If you're late again, this is what will happen. Or... And here we talk about the positive option. If you can make sure that you're on time, you and me don't need to have any more of these types of conversations. If you can make sure that you're doing your data entry like it's expected, then you don't need to worry about my senior manager or anyone else breathing down your neck. You can just focus on the job at hand. So we present it as a choice with the bad option first and the positive option second, because it has the most prevalence in their memory and attention if we use that structure. Communicating more frequently, touch base, how's everything going? These types of things might work with toxic people. Ironically, it's probably the opposite of what you feel inclined to do. It's tempting just to avoid them because it's quite stressful being around them. But just how you're going, keeping a face, keeping top of mind the expectations that you've got for them, making sure that they have that sense of accountability, making sure that they have that sense of validation and acknowledgement along with it often goes a really long way. And then in terms of things that you should avoid, it's apologies, admonishments or advice. Any of these three things might set these types of toxic people off. You might like to reflect on how you've contributed to how James is treating you. That's probably not going to go well. It will be more effective just to say, yeah, it sounds like you and James are in a tough spot. You've got a lot of tension at the moment in your relationship. Just acknowledging it and empathizing rather than trying to fix it in a lot of situations that might be a better path to take. So I hope that that's been helpful for you, looking at some of the ways that we can apply empathy as well as boundaries in dealing with toxic people. If you have a question or feedback about the podcast, you can shoot me an email. It's podcast at simongood.com. That's S-I-M-O-N-G-O-O-D-E.com. On my website, there's a bunch of different resources and training options, etc., for dealing with toxic people as well, whether it's on the empathy side or maybe it's the assertiveness and holding on to boundaries. So please feel free to have a look at that as well. But otherwise, thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you again in a future episode of the Conflict Skills Podcast. Bye for now.